This is exclusive coverage of CPAC 2023 from Washington, D.C. Brought to you by the Spirit of Virginia. Spiritofvirginia.org. On Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Now, from National Harbor, it's Joe Thomas in the morning. Yes, that is where we are, the Gaylord National Harbor. And I guess there's another National Harbor because they've added on the Potomac to the sign. So in case you were wondering what the big body of water was with bodies of, you know, ex, you know, Clinton staffers floating in it. Um, you, allegedly, allegedly, uh, that's the Potomac out the window there. Uh, Joe Thomas in the morning, like the man said, at CPAC, uh, visiting with candidate for U.S. Senate from the Commonwealth of Virginia, Eddie Garcia. Now you're saying, hold it, U.S. Senate? We were just talking about Virginia. Now, this is 2024, where Eddie's out there already knocking on doors uh, for 2024. How are you doing, sir? Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm doing outstanding. Thanks for braving that traffic coming up here and, and, and visiting us up uh, you know, north of uh, north of Richmond and northern Virginia. And, and so I'm happy to be here. Um, it's going great. Uh, the, the campaign is uh, in, in full motion. Uh, we've done about 60 events in about 55 days, so we're super busy, but that's a good thing. We're getting a chance to meet people across the Commonwealth. We were talking uh, in the green room, which is just the hallway outside of the broadcast booth here, about uh, identity politics. And, uh, you know, that there are a lot of people saying, well, come up to Northern Virginia, visit the Latino community, and it, obviously with a name like Garcia. Uh, but we talked about how that doesn't play, and, and that, that idea of identity politics flies in the face of the results we saw in Texas and all those border uh, municipalities that went conservative when the Democrats kept saying, no, we have open borders. Isn't that great for you? And and everyone said not just no, but hell no. No, that's one hundred percent. So regarding the South Texas border, I mean, I grew up before I was in the army. I grew up near the South Texas border, so it, it's been a that's been an issue uh, that I've been familiar with for quite some time. And and identity politics is. Uh, antithetical to, to what conservatism is and what we believe in the character of someone rather than the skin color. Uh, but politics are what politics are these days. And uh, people are looking for representation, especially the Hispanic community. We're the, gro- the largest growing population uh, in America. We're almost at 20 percent of the population. We're at a, a little bit over 10 percent here in Virginia. And Republicans have struggled with uh, with this community. They've struggled with outreach and engagement to them. Uh, and I, I plan to do I plan to do just just the opposite. I, I plan to succeed in these communities, uh, minority, Hispanic, or or not, uh, because we in Virginia, as a Republican Party, we got to expand. We got to expand our base, and Latinos in particular are aligned more with us than they are with the Democrats on cultural issues, on the issues of life, on the issues of marriage, on the f- issues of family vow- values, and the economy. Uh, I just I just said they're the largest growing population, but we're also the largest growing small business population across this uh, across the oh, country. Yeah. And so there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are starting their businesses mm-hmm. in a variety of ways, and they're aligned with the conservative values. But we have to break this cultural bond that they have with the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party that their parents or grandparents uh, voted for is not the Democrat Party to, of today. And so we got to reach them. What, what what do you do when you when you're on the debate stage and you're facing Senator Kane, who's announced that he's running for re-election, uh, and it, do you do you go right at so what have you done you know how how is the Latino community or anyone in Virginia better off now than they were six or twelve years ago? 
Absolutely. One of the biggest uh, problems that people have come to me with or the biggest concerns are lifelong politicians. And Tim Kaine is the perfect example of that. Someone who's been in office around Virginia for uh, going on 30 years. If, if, he's get a, if he gets elected, it'll be 36 years. I mean, these are generations of people and families that have, uh, uh, if you're living in low-income housing now and, and your grandmother was also, um, you, you got to lay that at the feet of the leaders. And he's been a leader in this in in this commonwealth uh, politically for for all of this time so if he hasn't helped you in the past 30 years if he hasn't helped you uh get the education and your kids education to get the jobs and bring jobs to grow here uh in the commonwealth in all of this time what makes you think what makes us think that he's going to be able to help solve our problems in the future and so we're trying to to trying to present that clear contrast between politicians of the past and politic—not not even politicians, leaders of the future. And I think that I'm, I think that I can carry that message very well. So, so when Senator Kane, you know, demagogues the border and talks about, you know, the migrants and, and, and folks who are victims of human trafficking, victims of the drug cartels, all these people who are, who are rounded up and, and are coming to the southern border. One of the issues that conservatives face all the time, and I have to run to a break in a little bit, but I want your answer to this and then we'll visit a little bit more Eddie, Eddie Garcia for U.S. Senate. What do we do with the millions, the multitudes that have already come across the border through the broken border crisis? How do we address that situation where we've got people who are working off books, you know, not accessing all the things that a citizen can have defense for? How do we deal with that? Well, the first thing we have to do before we can give any type of uh, potential benefit for someone that's already here is we have to seal the border. Uh, we have to secure it. We have to understand who's coming in. We have to stem the crisis, stem the flow uh, of the migration, because what we saw in the 80s is that we just legalized a bunch of people and we didn't actually fix any problems. 30 years later, the problem is worse than ever. Um, so that's first and foremost. I think you, there's a, a lot of ways that we could also... Uh, use monies that currently go in uh, places overseas that have nothing to do with America and focus some of that towards Latin American countries or or uh, asylum points of entry. Um, we can also pass we can also pass legislation uh, for asylum seekers that the the first country policies that we've had with Canada and, and Europe has. So if you're a, if you're someone seeking asylum, um, it, you can you can seek asylum to the first country that you enter. So these Latin American countries shouldn't be making their way all the way up mm -hmm. to America in order to to um, to seek asylum. Give the web address for somebody to visit you online. Eddie Garcia is running for the U.S. Senate. Sure, EddieGarciaVA.com. EddieGarciaVA.com. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. Promoted by self-interested and corrupt individuals. Without a government board. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. What? Four three four nine six four one zero seven five is how you hook up with us telephonically. 
or you can email joe at wchv.com here at the conservative political action conference thanks to our friends at spirit of virginia spirit of virginia.org the spirit that drove george mason and the jefferson fella and james madison while we can still say their names in public uh eddie garcia is another one of those uh, virginians uh who is trying to live up to that he wants to be u.s senator this is a 2024 thing uh but eddie's out there visiting folks uh, how has the tour of virginia been going have have people said to you because they, they say it to me all too soon joe man too soon i'm not done with 20 you know or are they jazzed up to meet you along with all the house and senate candidates from the general assembly the response Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. The response that I've been getting is overwhelmingly positive. I think uh, Virginians across the Commonwealth know that if we're going to beat a 30-year political uh, a political operative, that it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of energy. And so I have, uh, I have a lot of time. I have a lot of energy. I don't have so much money, but we're building a name for ourselves. We're building a brand, and we're, we're growing uh, a movement of, from within Virginia. And we're not trying to bring people from out of Virginia to flood our state. We want... Uh, uh, we want people from the Commonwealth in our campaign representing their areas, their districts, the, the, their their portion of the Commonwealth so that we can grow a grassroots movement that has staying power well past 2024. So as a military veteran, and, and uh, I want your thoughts on this because the military community has been hit hard by uh, SARS-CoV-2 and the vaccine mandates uh, that the government put on them. Now we're learning all these things about what, where the virus came from. What should the U.S., as a U.S. senator, our international relations are part of your job. Mm-hmm. What should the U.S. do now that we're learning more about SARS-CoV-2, where it was made in the lab in Wuhan, China? Do we need to find out? Like Rand Paul is saying, you know, we were paying for it. Uh, you know, what what does Senator Eddie Garcia do uh, to head into that battle? It's at least twofold. One is we need to investigate where it came from, how it leaked, uh, and was it on purpose or not? Not not casting any blame uh, yet until we know the information. Uh, two. This is a perfect time, uh, based on what we've seen over the last two and a half years, to start to incentivize companies to reshore their jobs out of Asia and into America. We can't have our supply chain at risk. We can't have the global supply chain at risk the way we saw the early 2020, uh, 21 timeframe where, where people couldn't get the basic necessities of life because, uh, parts and pieces and even medical, uh, medical manufacturing and drugs that were made over and we can't leave ourselves uh, open to that type of risk anymore. It's a national security uh, issue, 100%. And so those are at least two things that we should be should be focused mm-hmm. on, on trying to correct. It, it, Senator Tim Kaine, your opponent, uh, I know there's going to be a Republican primary prior to that, but uh, Senator Kaine has uh, done a Me Too on President Biden's visit to Virginia earlier this week where he called us all MAGA Republicans, but in the midst of it said he wants more price controls on on you know drugs and medicine and and I guess pretty much anything else why doesn't he try that on gas 
gasoline. Uh, talk about the price control idea on medicines and you know what you would be doing to help Virginians pay for medical care uh, going forward. Yeah, I would ask. I would like to ask a senator name one place in uh, across the history of the world where price controls actually helped. Because it, it just hasn't. We, if you, if he can show me an example where it's worked, uh, maybe we could have that conversation. But uh, until that happens, I think the American free enterprise system is the is the greatest path to prosperity and and uh, to get new items and technology to the market that people need. And so in this case, we're talking drugs. I think drugs are are, are all, drugs aren't expensive in America because the government isn't involved. The the, <laughs> the the reason drugs cost so much is because the government is involved. We have Little monopolies across uh, all 48, uh, lower 48 states, and then the other two uh, as well. And so one of the things that I think Congress should be doing is something that the former president brought up before is we got to get rid of the, the state-run monopolies within our health care system. we got to open up, the, we op- open up uh, interstate uh, commerce mm-hmm. so that drug companies and insurance companies can compete across state lines, uh, and, and that way it opens up the market for co- for more competition, and we can get better quality of, of services, just like every other insurance and product that is out there in America that we've seen over the last 20, 30, 40 years go from being expensive when it's new to uh, being pretty cheap after uh, after some time and competition enters into the market. Our, our health care system shouldn't be any different, and it wouldn't be any different if we ever gave it a shot. Eddie Garcia is with us. We only have a minute left here before the break. Somebody's calling in here. Uh, he doesn't have yeah. headphones on, but I'll transmit your question for him if you got something. Okay, yes. Um, I have heard over and over about the uh, Chinese locking down the borders of Wuhan after the outbreak, not allowing any of the Chinese to enter Wuhan or the people from Wuhan leaving to other parts of China. But they let them go on airplanes and go to Europe Mm -hmm. and the U.S. knowing they were infected. That's even bigger, I believe, than just discovering the uh, virus. I agree with you. That shows intent. That shows intent, and nobody's talking about. Well, we we were about an hour ago, so I'm. Oh, you know, I, I, I oh can't, okay. I, <laughs> no, I no, but yeah, no. You're absolutely I mean, right because because I my personal view is that they wanted the rest of the world's economy to suffer while theirs was as well. Let me ask Eddie about it. I appreciate it. What's your name? Okay. My name is Joe. Thank you, Joe. I can remember that one. So Joe was asking about the fact that China allowed people to leave Wuhan in 2019 to travel the world but wouldn't let them leave to go to beijing uh because the virus had already gotten out uh, is that part of the story that as senator in in foreign relations you would want you know more done with china about their culpability in this absolutely i think that uh again if we if we go back a couple years we had a president who was calling out china for this possible scenario and we had a media and a political class especially on the democratic side specifically tim kane who took to the floor of the senate to condemn not china but to condemn our sitting president and back china and support china and told our our president to leave them alone and now fast forward to where we are today we're finding out who is culpable um definitely we need to have more investigations on that we need to hold the the individuals and the leaders that were on the side of the chinese during this time uh and making excuses for them 
uh, accountable. And as a, as a senator, that's exactly what I'm going to do. What's your website, Eddie? EddieGarciaVA.com. Come check us out. Remember that this is the season for love. And that's what Seville 1075 and 1260 are always spreading. <laughs> what? Why are you chuckling?